welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. So I am so excited to bring for you my first review episode in quite some time. For listeners that are new to this show, I do love to do a Q&A episode every month, a guest episode every month, a review episode every month, and then some kind of concept episode every month. And I feel like it's been a while since I brought you a review. I've had these two planners sitting next to my desk for a while, and I've been flipping through them and looking at them, and I'm just excited to get to share them with you today. So we will get to that in just a moment. But first, I just wanted to do a little bit of a follow-up. We had a really great response to the last Q&A episode I did a couple weeks ago, and in particular, people had some interesting things to share about keeping track of meeting notes. So I wanted to share a couple of those responses. The first one says, Hi, Sarah. I just listened to your podcast about keeping track of meeting notes and a bunch of other great things and wanted to share what I do to ensure that my handwritten notes are organized effectively. I am a big advocate of OneNote for keeping track of work and school notes. I also have an HP printer at home, so I've gotten into the habit of using the HP printer app for everything. I also love writing and hate typing, though I spend seven and a half hours a day on a computer for work. So I take my notes by hand and use the camera scan function on the HP printer app to make a PDF of my handwritten notes. And then I upload them to the appropriate tab or page or subpage in OneNote so it's clearly labeled, easy to find, and digital. It may not be as efficient as the notebooks that convert your handwriting into text and upload them to another convertible phone app, but it's affordable. The PDFs can be accessed on most computers, whereas some file formats and apps, etc., like Evernote, are not always accessible with departmental computer settings on your work laptop. Thanks for the content and have a great day. I love this. It's just very, very simple. What she's advocating for is you handwrite your notes, you snap a picture of them so that they're scanned, and then you file them in basically a big organized electronic binder. The one that she likes to use is OneNote by Microsoft. And I should probably give OneNote another look. It's, I think, my husband's preferred organizational note system. You guys know I love Apple Notes, although I'm sure OneNote might have a little bit more in terms of functionality. And then Notion, I feel like, is the Gen Z answer to all of these notes app. And I'd like to get to know that app a little bit better as well. So regardless of which digital filing cabinet you choose, this is a great simple option of just doing a quick scan and file, and then you'll be able to find things easily. And I would add that if you title things well, then that would make things very searchable as well, because you'd be hopefully searching for keywords in your title, even if the page itself is handwritten. If there are enough keywords in your title, you can search for that. So great suggestion. Thank you so much for sending that in. And I have one more that comes from a listener named Sadie. And she writes, this is just total simplicity, but I love it. Hi, in response to the question this week about notebooks, I believe in color coding and one notebook per project. I run 10 programs and numerous additional projects and would be lost without these two very simple things. I also rewrite my notes afterward into the dedicated notebook, which means that I don't miss action items or deadlines and also that I can read them later. So sometimes simple can be best. Maybe if you have multiple projects, just always keeping everything from one specific project in one specific notebook, whether that's a coiled notebook or something that you can remove pages from or a binder. So again, don't always have to be fancy. Don't always have to be complex. Sadie makes it work with these simple tools. 
And it sounds like she also has a process for reviewing her notes afterwards and taking out action items. This is really important. I personally, um, and this is me again, not just reading a question or a quote, you know, when I used to go to a lot of meetings for work, I don't go to as many anymore, but even sometimes I'll be like on a Zoom meeting related to podcast stuff. I will do little checkboxes for things I have to do. I'll kind of scrawl them during the meeting. Often if there's a handout, I would write them on the handout. And I always did take a few minutes afterwards to figure out what are those action items actually needed to go into my planner as something to do, what needed to be delegated. And my goal was to recycle that page, but only once I had kind of crossed off all the checkboxes, which means I had moved them, put them somewhere that I won't forget them. Sometimes I write down stuff that I don't really need to refer to later, and that's fine. I just take a look at it and make note of it and get rid of it. But if it's an actual action item, a little checkbox is my cue to make sure I do something with it before I get rid of that meeting note piece of paper. All right, so I love these responses. I also got a few responses about the erasable pens, but nobody really had anything other than friction. Some people said that the dark blue was a little bit better than the black and that it made sense to try the marker varieties or the 0.38, but everyone did admit that they do smudge some and I didn't find anybody who has a smudging issue who was in love with any erasable pen yet. So that quest is continuing. Maybe there's still one out there. And so if you didn't write last time, but you have an answer to that question, as in what are some great erasable pens that write with a nice, crisp, dark line and don't smudge, please let us know. We are in search of this miracle product, whether it exists or not. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to get into the review portion of this episode. I have two really fun weekly flip-throughs for you. All right, I'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. 
Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I am back. Now, the first planner we're going to talk about today is the Haru planner. Haru is spelled H-A-R-O-O. And I only know about this from one of my correspondents in the planner world named Leslie, who often kind of keeps her eye out for cool stuff going on in the planner space and emails me about them. So you guys know I do not use social media anymore. And so I need these kind of spies out there to let me know what is going on and what cool new releases there are. So if you hear this and you say, hmm, I have an idea for a planner I think Sarah should review, please let me know. I would love to hear about it. Okay. So this is the Haru planner. I ordered it myself. I didn't, you know, the company doesn't know I exist. And this planner is a weekly planner that the reason that I got super excited about it, well, there's a number of elements that definitely drew me into this planner. The overall design is minimalist. It uses lightly lined graph paper and the grid squares are larger than what you see in the Hobonichi. So right away, I was taken by the graphic design elements of this planner. Very minimalist, very functional. However, the thing that got me super excited is that I had never seen a weekly horizontal planner that also had a space for hours of the day. And the reason it's able to do that is because each week, so it's a horizontal layout, there are three days on the left page and four days on the right page, and then an area for this week's focus also on the left-hand page. So kind of four horizontal spaces per each side of the page, but then those horizontal spaces are actually divided about three quarters of the way through with a vertical line. And then that square actually has the hours of the day, 6, 8, 10, 12, et cetera, all the way till 12 a.m. so that you could do a little like timetable or time block of the day. And I had never seen anything like this before. Usually horizontal planners are more for people who are a little more holistic. They don't want to see, you know, they're using a calendar elsewhere. And maybe this is just more for to-do lists and notes. And so this was the first time I saw a horizontal planner that really could be used to also capture what your calendar looks like for each day. And I loved the idea of having a cute little thumbnail of what the day's hours look like and then a bigger area where I could write what to do. Because, you know, as we've talked about, the things that is going to inform what you decide to do in a day are, A, how much free time do you actually have? How much of your day is already filled with structures ob- structured obligations? And B, what is your energy that day? What is due? What needs to be done? So it's a combination of those things. And I thought this layout was great because you're able to see both of those things in one place. And that's not all that common. So as you can imagine, I ordered the horizontal. The vertical is a more traditional vertical, like hourly type layout, I believe. I didn't delve into that. And I don't have that one in my hand to talk about. But I did order the horizontal. It is close to A5 size. It's six and a quarter by eight and seven eighths inches. So, you know, certainly smaller than an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, about half of that. 
And it's 192 pages, so not super, super thick. And it includes a yearly layout, a monthly layout, and then weekly calendars that span 13 months. And it is a dated product. Like this is the 2023 planner. It does start, however, with December of 2022. So if you're thinking about this for next year, then you would get to start it a month early, which is which is always fun because some of us are eager to jump the gun on our new planner as we you know, reach the end of reflection season. Maybe that's just me. Maybe not. Who knows? All right. So I'm going to do a little flip through because this does have some sort of unique and different layouts to it. Now, the first thing that you come to as you open this planner, and by the way, the cover is kind of a nice linen texture. You can hear that my hand rubbing against it there. And it does have a elastic closure, which is nice. And it's a fairly sturdy feeling kind of hardback, not super, super hard, um, not heavy, but it feels like it would certainly withstand a year's worth of use, I think. When you open it, you see 12 months of 2023 and then also 12 months of 2024 in like a little thumbnail, like a really small monthly calendar for each month. I love this because a lot of times you can see one year, but sometimes you, if you're like me, you might already be thinking about planning like spring break of 2024 and 2023. And this is a really, really nice way of visualizing those two years all at a glance at once. So I do applaud them for doing that and for laying them out with the two years right next to each other like that. The next page is a yearly overview that has basically kind of like an Excel sheet size. If you had the entire year with the months in Excel along the top and then days one through 31 down the side of the page, um, you know, vertically. So then each day of the year gets a little box. Of course, months like February, you wouldn't be using 29, well, if it was leap year, you would, but you wouldn't be using February 30th or February 31st because those days don't exist. But this would be optimal for tracking or maybe vacation planning, tracking your PL days, tracking different types of habits, anything where you want to be able to have a representation for each day over a year span. I've seen so many different, you know, different color coding and creative ideas where people use spreads like this. So it's cool that they included it. And, oh, I didn't mention this, but the inks in this planner, they chose to use like a very light gray ink for the grid lines and for the lines, a very fine, uh, like uh, dark gray, and then orange as kind of an accent color. And that's it. Otherwise, you know, no other colors. And the paper is a kind of a fairly light cream color. So the aesthetics are really nice. It is easy on the eyes. And this is 100 GSM paper that they describe as soft paper. And I do agree, it feels fairly soft. All right, continuing our flip through, we have our monthly layout, which is gridded. You guys know I love a gridded calendar month. And there is lots of space for to-do items in the monthly page which is really nice. So if you like to keep your nested goals, as I do, you could choose to keep your monthly goals on this monthly page and you would always have them handy. Then we go into the weekly layout and I'm going to skip forward a little bit to the one that I actually filled out myself so I can go through that one. And as I mentioned, this is that really interesting layout where you have on basically four boxes on the left, four boxes on the right, but they're divided. So I guess that makes it eight boxes. And then on the right hand side of that, there is timelines. Now, I will take a picture. This will be available in the show notes. Go to theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. If you're not listening to this the day it comes out, you can always find all the show notes by going to Best Laid Plans and then just scrolling to which episode it is, or you could search for the word Haru, H-A-R-O-O, because I'm sure that will be in the title. But I do understand that this one might require a visual. So please check out these images. I actually filled out mock-ups for the week, so there is something to see here. 
But yeah, just this really interesting, unique layout. I added an additional line because I decided that for me, I'd want like an extra little column where I could put my kid activities. Here's the only thing I do not love about this gorgeous weekly spread. It has a Sunday start. I don't love weekly spreads to have a Sunday start. To me, the way my life functions, the week begins on a Monday. That's my day one of the week. Sunday is day seven. It's like day of rest. Like, I don't know. So it it really kind of threw me for a loop as I was filling this out. And I kept making, almost making mistakes multiple times because I kept not realizing that that first box is Sunday and the last box is Saturday. So honestly, for me, that would probably be a deal breaker, which is such a shame because otherwise I absolutely love the layout and the aesthetics of this planner. If that doesn't bother you, amazing. Or maybe you like your week to start on Sunday because you see it as kind of a prep day. And so you might include that as kind of like your day one of the week. But just so that you know, this is a dated product and it has a Sunday start for each week. And actually, let me double check. I'm going to guess that the month also has a Sunday start. Yes, it does. Okay, well, that would be really weird if they had a Monday start on the monthly and a weekly start on the Sunday because there are some planners that have a monthly start on a Sunday, but then, again, most weekly spreads start with a Monday as the, the first box of the week. So that one does make it a little bit different. But again, so for each month, it's dated, and you you know you go through your weeks. And then at the end of the month, you get a full blank spread. So both left and right are blank gridded pages before you get to your next monthly spread, which is great. Again, if you're doing nested goals, you could put your monthly goals on the spread. You could even probably fit quintile goals in different, if it's the start of a quintile, just lots of space to play around. You could do your meal planning. This is a really versatile planner with a lot of room and a lot of features. And so I think that's nice in a very minimalistic, sleek looking package. There's also, by the way, a lovely ribbon bookmark that it comes with. And there is a pocket on the front cover. It's not like a full-size pocket, but you could maybe put like a folded piece of paper in there. And flipping to the back, there is some habit tracking content, which is pretty detailed. So there's basically for every single month, you can list up the three habits and then track them throughout the course of the month, as well as write something you're grateful for. So Really, really cute. This is a whole tracking section in the back of the planner, which I think is lovely. And then there's a little almost calendar looking grid that says 25 memorable blank of 2023. So maybe it would be 25 memorable best laid plans episode. No, I'm just kidding. 25 memorable anything of 2023 and then 50 memorable blank of 2023. So they're really encouraging you to notice some of the little things in life and track them and pay attention to them and make note of them in your planner. So there we have it. That is the Haru Weekly Planner. It is year-long. It is dated. It has a really unique layout. It has lovely paper, and it has a Sunday start to the week. So just to make sure that, you know, if that would bother you, that may be a deal breaker. And hopefully they will come out with another option with a Monday start as well so that those of us who like that can have that option too. All right. That is Haru, and I think it's a, a really nice product. So I'm glad I went and checked it out. All right. The next one is called Rote Runner, R-O-T-E-R-U-N-N-E-R. And this one I had heard of. I actually had it on my list of planners to check out, like recommended by listeners, but I hadn't gone ahead and bought it yet. And then the actual owner of the company or somebody, you know, who involves in the company actually reached out to me and asked if I'd like to take a look at it to review it. So it was super nice of them. And so this one is courtesy of the company. They sent me two different covers, but the one I'm going to flip through right now is kind of like a soft leather-like cover. 
And this is also a very affordable planner. It's $29.77 right now to get it shipped to you. And then there's also a $20 digital option for those who prefer to plan on a tablet digitally, but also have really professionally done layouts to use. This planner is for six months and it's undated. So that does make it fairly different from the last option we just discussed, but there are some similarities in that it also has 100 GSM paper. This is a brighter white paper compared to the last one. And this also has like a really significant number of unique layouts that I think would be very, very useful. This planner reminds me a little bit of a full focus But instead of a daily view, as the full focus has, it has a really, really comprehensive weekly view. And that's a compliment, by the way, because you guys know I really, really like the full focus products. But the downside of full focus is they don't have a great weekly spread. And this really is based on a really functional weekly spread. So kind of an interesting parallel. And there's also some aesthetics of this that remind me a little bit of Passion Planner as well. Okay, so when I open it up, Um, It's a little bit bigger than the last one I just reviewed. It's 7.75 inches by 9.75 inches. Definitely bigger. It's actually a B5. Ooh, I don't think I've ever uh, had a a B5 before, but, you know, it's smaller than like a piece of printer paper, but not by all that much. So this is definitely a larger product than the A5 or close to A5 products that I'm used to. It's also 192 pages, but here's the kicker. If you're somebody that likes to take a lot of notes and you want a big spread for each week, this might be a great option for you because between every single weekly layout, you get an entire two-page spread of dot grid. So for those who like to take lots of notes or who want to take meeting notes across the week or track other things or do journaling or freehand stuff, I mean, this would be just a fantastic option for you. So lots and lots of writing space for a weekly planner. All right, opening it up, you get a little notes index, which is great because again, if you're going to be taking notes on these blank pages, it might be nice to have a way of finding where they are. So they thoughtfully included that. And then we go into a section called roles and goals. And this is where you get to look at the different roles in your life. Like for me, it might be a podcaster, pediatric endocrinologist, mother, wife, friend, I don't know, runner. (laughs) Those Those are the roles that I can think of off the top of my head. And for each role, think about what my goals are for the next six months. And I think that's an interesting and nice way of breaking things down. And that's another kind of parallel as to why this, you know, reminds me a little bit of full full focus, because it really is designed to be not just a scheduler and tracker, but a goal setting product as well. And I think they do a nice job with that. The next section is a bucket list. So you are encouraged to write out different things that you want to do, the budget, different ideas for that, and then a reading list. You guys know I love books. I love reading. I love tracking my reading. This does only include the room for about 12 titles on the page that says reading list, but then that's followed by an entire blank dot grid spread where depending on how you're writing, you could probably fit 50 or even 100 more because there's there's lots of space on that. So this would be a really cool place to track your reading over a six-month period if that's something that you are trying to do more of, but you don't want a dedicated book journal. You just want to really list the titles and maybe like a star rating or something like that. Then there's a section called Annual Overview, and they go through... Actually, this is very similar to the one that we had in the last planner where I talked about it looking like an Excel sheet with the numbers on the you know, going down vertically from one to 31 and then 12 columns. It's almost exactly the same, except it's undated because this is an undated planner. And despite the fact that this is a six month planner, there are 12 months worth. So again, you get a space for every single day for at least 365 days, really whatever 31 times 12 is, which is slightly more than that because we know some of the months are shorter. 
and you could track things. You could do key dates. Um, I would probably really be really boring and track my uh, paid time off days just to make sure I wasn't going over what I'm supposed to be going over or using them up. So yeah, but you could use that for anything. Then we have a little space for annual notes and there are 12 boxes. So you could certainly do like highlights or things that you're looking forward to for each month. And then we have our making plans and taking action section, which is really the meat of this planner where we get to go through our monthly calendars and goals, do end of month reflections, and then have weekly dashboards and what he writes notes and daily logs. But the notes and daily logs are really blank pages. So again, this is where I feel like the planner and the bullet journal, if they were hybridized with a full focus and a little bit of dash of passion planner merged with a Leuchtturm 1917 dot grid, you might get something that looks like this. Uh, again, packed full of features and very functional. So I filled out a whole month. So just like with the other one, not a whole month, a whole week. So just like with the other one, I'm going to include a picture in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. But it is just packed. There is space for you to fill out kind of an hourly timeline for each day to put morning tasks. There's a really cool area that says PM plans with little checkboxes. For me, that's perfect for me to keep track of my kids' 9,000 activities because let me tell you, just gets very confusing who has PE and who has track and who has soccer and who has piano and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then there are columns on the right that you can use for to-do lists for work and career, home and admin, friends and networks, and then projects and passions. There's also space to include what they put gratitude and health. For me, this would be perfect for planning and checking off my workouts. There is a habit tracker with room to track up to seven habits, which is pretty generous. There is a to buy area, which is great because I always think of things that I need to buy. There's a cute little graph for a sleep tracker, which I really, really like. And then finally, a tiny section that says not to do list, which I kind of like. I've never seen that in any other planner. The pages are numbered. Um, If I were to use this planner, then I probably would go through and predate everything for the six months because undated planners do drive me a little crazy when they're undated. Like I get lost in them too easily and I need to be able to plan things going forward. So I would probably date this whole thing, but you know, for me, that would be a fun activity. So it wouldn't bother me too much. So you go through the whole month like that and there's five weekly spreads per month. And then let's see, you get one. Yeah, you get a full graph paper spread after every single week. You don't get any additional ones. Well, you get actually a half spread before each month. So again, plenty of space if you were doing your nested goals within your planner and you wanted to keep track of your monthly goals and even your quintile goals, you would be able to find space to do that within this planner book itself rather than having a separate notebook if you didn't want one. And the monthly layout, I don't think I talked about that yet, also features dot grid. It is blank. So again, you're filling out a lot of monthly, you know, January one, two, three, you've got to write in all the numbers yourself. But they have some nice functional boxes below and plenty of space to write where you can write goals achieved and progress made, your memories created, things you can do better, learning and insights, reasons to be grateful, and then strength and affirmations. And then there's actually a space where they do have areas for goals in different domains. So if these domains matched up with how you set your goals, then this would be a wonderful place to keep track of what your monthly goals are. The domains that they choose are work and career, friends and networks fun and activities, home and admin, projects and passion, and health and habits. And of course, you could always customize that and cross one of those off or put a sticker over it or, you know, whatever you wanted to do if you wanted to have a different category for yourself. So this goes all the way through six months. I am flipping through right now. And then there is a nice solid number of blank pages in the back. So you could have like a little journal 
bullet journal-esque area where you keep collections, maybe the restaurants you want to go to, maybe your yearly goals, copy those into here because this is a six-month book, but nothing wrong with writing down your goals twice because then you certainly won't forget about them. And then finally, at the end, there's a cute little self-care checklist where you can think about, you know, whether you're getting in various aspects of self-care. And then the back has a pocket. This pocket's a bit bigger than the pocket in the the other planner. It kind of is a little bit expandable. So you could actually probably keep a few folded pages in here or photos or, you know, rulers, whatever you needed to put in there. It's a sizable pocket that comes out. And then, as I mentioned, it's kind of got like a soft leather-like cover. It feels pretty durable. It feels like if you spilled on it, you could wipe it off. And there is an elastic closure to keep things neat within a bag. So yeah, and the paper for both of these is similar. As I said, they're both 100 GSM. The Haru, they describe it as soft. I don't know that that one felt you know any softer than this, but this one took my gel pens really nicely. There was really very little show through whatsoever. So just um, decent paper to write on. It's not super textured and luxurious like say Mohawk paper or the paper you might see in like a really thick bullet journal, um, like an Archer and Olive or something like that. But it's certainly nice enough for planner paper and and does the job. Woo! All right, that was some rapid fire flip through and I know you guys want visuals. So again, please go to the show notes. They're on theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And this has been so fun to review these two weekly planners. If you are finding that you are not having planner peace from the choices you made for the beginning of 2023, these might be two to check out. Perhaps especially Rote Runner because it's undated. So you could certainly start it in any month that you choose or really any week that you choose. But both great products, great aesthetics, very functional. And I would be happy using either one of these. So yeah, hopefully you're not having a planner fail. But if you are, hopefully these ideas help you a little bit. Now, housekeeping items. So this episode is going to air January 30th, I believe, whatever the first the Monday in the last week of of January, I think it's the 30th. And I will be opening registration for BLPA round two, which is going to be a spring round later this week. So actually, let me give you the exact date. This is happening as I record this. I'm using my Haru planner here. Okay. Actually, I don't want to release it this week because I am on call. And if anything goes wrong, I won't have the bandwidth to deal with it. So the plan will be on February the 7th, I will go ahead and release to the waitlist signups for Best Laid Plans Academy round two. I think maybe I'll do a little bit of a longer discussion of what Best Laid Plans Academy is in next week's episode. That will be airing on Monday, February 6th, just to give people a heads up as to you know, what the program actually is. But if you're interested in having an opportunity to sign up, I do recommend joining the waitlist because I will release it to the waitlist first. I can't guarantee that I will find a spot for everybody who wants to from the waitlist, but last time it did sell out. And if you want first crack, then that's where I would start. I am going to try to see if I can expand things a little bit, or maybe I won't need to because maybe people will be less excited to join since it's not the beginning of the calendar year. But I hope I can have some of you. Round one is going really, really well. And it's been so much fun so far. And they don't overlap, by the way. So round two, even though I'm doing the signups in February, the actual Best Laid Plans Academy cohort number two is going to start in April. So it's a spring program. 
and the group from one will be done so I can give group two my full attention. So again, you can put that one in your planner February 7th. Let's say at 10 a.m., I will activate the ability to sign up or I'll send out an email from the wait list to those on the wait list to give you the ability to sign up. So February 7th at 10 a.m., but I will talk a little bit more about what BLPA is on next week's episode to just give you a chance to think about it. All right, and that is it. Remember the show notes, theshoebox.com. And keep sending me your questions, your recommendations. I have the most fun guest coming up in a couple of weeks. And this was completely listener driven. I never would have thought of this person if they hadn't alerted me to her. But I am so excited to have her on. So yeah, keep those suggestions coming and the Q&A's and all the interaction. I really love it and I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that there are so many others who enjoy listening to discussions about all things planning and planning adjacent. And with that, I will be back next week with some more planning fun. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.